With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lord, tonight I would like to speak to you in regard to one of the tribes of Israel, the one that is not of the the ones that are sealed. Speaking of the tribe of Dan, we're talking about the blessings of the tribe of Dan spoken by Jacob and spoken by Moses. And it's very interesting because they're not of the sealed, the 144,000 are sealed, but they're very much a part of the judgment dime at we're in. The word Dan, of course, Lord, means judgment and Lord, you set all this up in a marvelous way. Because Dan is not of the 144,000, but he's very symbolic of the 13th tribe. There is a gate in the New Jerusalem that will have the name Dan on it. And Lord, it's a very interesting subject as to why they're not concluded in the 144,000. And it has to do with the timing of your transfiguration as well. I'd like to explain that, dear Lord, and Lord, I pray that you will make it known to the people because I believe that there's something very interesting and very reflective in this issue. The tribe of Dan, when we look at the blessings, are very interesting because Jacob says this is what will become you at the last days. It's very important that we understand that they are a part of the activity of this time but not in a way that people are looking at and not necessarily in a very good way. It's something that we must understand and we must come to grips with. In Genesis 49, 16 to 18, Lord, you say through Jacob, you're telling him, because this is the spirit causing Jacob to speak what is going to happen in the end time. Jacob could not know unless the spirit guided him. So it says, Dan shall judge his people as one of the tribes of Israel. Dan shall be a serpent by the way, a viper by the path that bites the horse's heels so that its riders shall fall backward. I have waited for your salvation, O Lord. The next one comes from Moses in Deuteronomy 33, 12. And through him, you say, O Benjamin, he said, the beloved of the Lord shall dwell in safety by him who shelters him all the day long. Excuse me, I'm reading the wrong one. It's Deuteronomy 33, 22. I was reading a Benjamin's. It says there, And of Dan, he said, Dan is a lion's whelp. He shall leap from Bashan. It's important for us to understand that the leaping from Bashan is not a good thing. See, the bulls of Bashan were mocking the Lord at the cross. They, and they we're talking about the shepherds. And I think what he's saying here is he's going to come out. He's going to come out and and separate himself. But see, the thing about it is, 
only judgment that is done is the judgment by the words of God. John twelve forty eight at this time. That is what judges us in the end time. It's a lack of knowledge of the words of truth that judges at this time. We were to be saved and come to the knowledge of truth and we would not do it. We will not pay attention. See, people love the story of, I believe every word in the Bible except any of those that don't agree with my doctrine. Let me repeat that. This is what I believe the people believe because I've witnessed it. They say, I believe the whole Bible. I believe all the scripture in the Bible, except for those that don't agree with my doctrine. That's what they're really saying, because they will not believe what it openly says in the Bible. Jesus said by his words that he was sent into the world to speak, which were the words of God, Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, John 3, 26 to 36. It's by those words of God that we're going to be judged. And we don't want to believe that. We call that an abomination straight from the pits of hell by many shepherds. They don't want to believe that they're caught in a snare like Jesus said in, in Luke 21, 34 to 36. All the people on the earth will be caught in a snare, includes all the pastors. So we don't want to believe these things that don't agree with our doctrine. So I caution us tonight to think, and dear Lord, I pray that you'll cause the Spirit to move upon the people to let them understand that. I believe Dan is going to repent at the end times here because there is a tribe that's of your people. And when you said in Ezekiel 36, 27 to 34, you're saying in there, or 23 to 27, I think it is, in those scriptures, dear Lord, you're saying that you're going to sprinkle water upon a remnant and you're going to bring them out and you're going to bring a remnant of every tribe because it's your promise you're going to do that. Some of these are not going to be sealed to take the word as Daniel, uh, the tribe of Dan is. See, Dan is going to turn, but he's having a problem. See, Dan means judgment, but Dan is very symbolic of all the tribe of Israel at this time. All the tribe of Israel. He's very symbolic of them. Why? Dan never did what he was supposed to do. He always wanted to do it his way, and that's the problem. See, the tribe of Dan was given a property and they went to the north, the far northwest of Israel is where they made the city of Dan. And in there, as I talked about in scriptures last night, we talked about the fact that one of the problems of the tribe of Dan is up until, all the way up until the end, until they were sent away into captivity, they allowed all the types of worship. They had their priests, they, they allowed that, but they also said, come and w w worship with us. Why settle for one God? Have many. That's basically what they were saying. Why don't you come and make money? That's what they were saying. Be a shepherd to us. It doesn't matter. We just stole these idols. We just took these people's kids. Didn't do, you know, all these things they did, which is evil. I never stood up for what was right or truth. And that is symbolic of the church of this day. A church of this day goes to Washington, negotiates with the leaders in direct opposition to Revelation 18, 1 to 4. They proclaim that we got to follow these leaders of the nations, even though it says in Romans 13 that they are to follow who the Lord anoints. And very clearly, from the day of the Lord beginning, from the very opening of the first sealed judgment, which was the opening of the words and the release of the knowledge of the four horses, which are the Spirits of God, the first four spirits of God is the way we're supposed to ride, not the four horses of Bacopolis that come from the devil, 
We're supposed to follow the words and have the full measure of the Spirit of God in them and do the way of the understanding in accordance with the Spirit of the Lord. But no, they're saying we got to work with DHS. We got to do all these things like this because Romans 13, that is a false interpretation of Romans 13 that the Lord tells us very clearly in Revelation 18, 1 to 4, Isaiah 21, 1 to 12, that they are to come out from Babylon. Babylon is all these leaders that walk in fornication with the harlot, the way of the city of the harlot, and the way of these leaders that run the world. And yet they're negotiating with them. They're taking office and position with them. You know, they, they praise the election and all these other kind of things. This is of the tribe of Dan. This is the way of the tribe of Dan. What they're doing is they're setting up the world and they're going to be made ashamed. They're going to have the words taken away from them because they didn't identify the words and they rejected it when it came, which is what it's saying in Luke fourteen fifteen to 24 in the Great Supper parable. It's very clear. The first three invitations are clearly to the shepherds, the elders, and so on. And guess what? They all reject it, and God says they will not taste of his food of the kingdom, which means his words. You know, one of the things that Jesus teaches us is that we're not to pay attention to the things that we eat. In other words, there are things we're not supposed to eat that's crude. But he's talking about the words and people say they're to go in our belly and they're destroyed. Why are they destroyed? If we have the belt of truth on like we're supposed to do in Ephesians 6, the words of God separate out what is good and cast out everything else. So even the food that we eat that's poisoned by the system, God will cure that in its given time if we understand the word of truth and believe that when the Spirit is poured out, these things will be healed because he says he's going to restore us. How is that possible unless he heals us from all these poisons and toxins that we ate with that GMO food? See, the FDA, I mean the FDA, I sat in a meeting, as I've told you, that the person with the, the president arranged. And it was in the, uh, this scientist for the FBI's office. This person who was reporting, we got a report to the president, was reporting to Dr. Nancy Nicholson, who reports to, to Rothschild, who has in charge, and she is in charge of the global genocide program to kill 7 billion people. And our president in full agreement with, they talked, I was told exactly that he talked to her at least three times a day sometime. Or Colin Powell talked to her three times a day, and, and President Bush was talking to her at least once a day. She's running the world for the Rothschilds and guiding them. She can start wars. She can do all these things because she's to bring us into total destruction. And in that meeting, they were talking. The scientist was revealing because he had a need to know because he worked on very important things like mind control. And so what was happening was he says that the FDA was started in 1948 for the purpose of destroying us through the food process. If you go back and look at the Rothschild people, you'll find there's a lady doctor there who worked on a thing about how to kill fleas by changing their diet, gradually killing the fleas. And that's us. We're nothing but fleas to them. Fleas on their back. They want to get rid of us, 7 billion of us. And so what did they do? They started killing us by reducing the nutritional value of the food, which the scientists uh, confirmed on January 30, 2002, was less than 10% of what it was in 1948, and that yet they were still using the formulas of 1948. So the people think the value of nutrition that they're reading on the package is correct. It's an absolute lie. Because they got to get FDA approval to sell the food and so on. And so what is happening, it's all a lie. That's why they're taking away the, the herbs. They're taking away everything, and they're making us, you know, they want to, I mean, it's very obvious. They're telling us that we can't have organic food. They can't have, you can't mark the GMO food. 
and all this stuff. It's poisonous. It's killing us. It's intentional. So this is why already saying he's going to correct this. So all their work to create all this destruction of us over these last, what is it? Uh, there's uh, 66, 68 years. 68 years of time is going to go out the window to them. Because within the year, within a year from now, we're going to be healed from all this. We're going to be healed from all this. God is going to restore those who turn to him and come out from the world. And their health is going to be returned. And years are going to be added to their life. Total opposite of what the world wants. The world wants population reduction. Because they say, oh, the, the waters are changing. No, they're manipulating the weather, doing things they should not do. But all of that can be corrected. If we can speak to a mountain, cause it to move, we can speak to these particles that they put into the air to destroy us and remove them from where they are and put them where they belong, according to the plan of God as to where the particles are to be at that given time because he appoints the movement of all particles. So they have no power to continue their destructional plan. Nancy's program that she's developed over time, those before her, and she's running it now. Those people who have done all this, wasted time. God has given the power through his words and authority to speak his words and call upon his name, which is the word of God, Revelation 19, 11 to 13. It's the, it's the name that you don't know, which he says all of us have gotten a snare. Why? Because we don't know his name, which is the word of God. If we listen to his speech and discern his words, we wouldn't be of the father of the devil. But our shepherds are of the father of the devil. They think they're of God. They love God. They talk of God. But read Matthew seven twenty one to 23, even though they were those things. And there are some that are absolutely good. And, and they, they're, they're like the disciples. They just don't catch it yet. See, the disciples didn't get the knowledge of the words until after the cross, Luke 24, 44, and 45. When Jesus blew the Spirit upon them, see in John 20, he says, you know, he breathed on them and he says, receive the Spirit. And when they receive the Spirit, just like it says in Proverbs 1, 23, he tells them that if you will turn, I will pour out my Spirit upon you, and I will cause you to know my words. These are the words that judge us. Dan is a judge. He falls backwards. Now, why am I saying all this? Let me get to the point of this talk tonight because I don't want to keep it long. What it's saying is Jesus went to the area of Caesarea Philippi. Philippi. Now, this is an area that King Herod, remember, King Herod was not supposed to be a king of Israel. He was not qualified by the law of God. He's not of the tribe of Israel. He was an Edomite. He was not allowed to be king, but the people allowed it to be. So Jesus is up here in the north. And remember, the north is the name of the walls of the firmament, Job 26.7. And so what he's talking about is this area in, in, in the heavens is called the north country. It's not Russia. The north country is the firmament and the, and the, era, the things within it. Stretched out the, the empty space, which is the, the north country, inside the walls of the firmament, which was called the north. At the top of the north is the east, because that is where the Lord's throne is, and Jesus is coming back from the way of the east. So he gave more meaning to the words north, east, west, and south than what we see, but it's described in the Bible. And it's symbolic of these things. Why is it the north? The north is, you know, they know that the, from the north they go up and down into heaven. Because the work of the firmament was given to us on the second day of creation that it was to decide the waters that go up from the waters that go down. It's to separate them. 
and he put the he put the words in the firmament on day four that judge us. Let there be lights in the firmament, and they rule over the day and the night. And we are either of the day or the night. First Thessalonians five one to eleven. So these are the words that judge us, and they're in the heavens. And that's why in the North Pole is in the center of the earth. Anyway, I, I go too far to explain all these things tonight on that issue. I've just explained it in other writings. But the point of it is, is that Jesus went to the north. And the northeast is very interesting. If you see Caesar Philippi, it's farther north than the Sea of Galilee. And he went into that area to those cities up there. And he's walking with the disciples. And it was in that area that he's, and it's in the winter time, by the way. In the winter time, and the Lord told us that we must come out before the winter, Matthew 24, 20, and Mark 13, 18. Mark chapter 13, verse 18. He's telling us, don't let your flight be in the winter. So here they are in the winter time, and he reveals himself to them, and uh, he asked uh, Peter, uh, who do they say I am? His name was Simon at that time. Simon means hearing. And interesting is, you know, um, what the Lord, what he says that you're the son of God, the Christ, the Messiah. What is the Messiah to do? Deuteronomy 18, 18, 19, to come into the world to speak his words. And Jesus says something very interesting. He calls him. You know, God let you know this, Simon Barjona. See, it's very important to understand something. John fourteen fifteen to 17, the Lord says, we cannot receive the spirit of truth in us unless we seek it. But God has always said in Malachi 3, 1, that he would give us a messenger who would make known the messenger of the new covenant. And that is exactly what we're doing at this time with the words of God, it's exactly what God caused Simon to make known at that time. And that's why he says Simon Barjona. He calls him Simon Barjona. See, Barjona, the, the meaning of the word Jonah is some people say a dove, but it means to stir up the word. Jonah, when he went to the men of Nineveh, the city of Nineveh, and walked around it, he didn't want to be there. It, it was like a, a stirring up that he did. That was what he was used for, to stir up the spirit within the people to move and to change things. That's what it means. Jonah means to change it. And that's what it did. And he knew this was his work to go there to do this. He didn't want to do it because he knew God was going to use him to fulfill the name that he'd given him. And here we are with Simon Barjona and he calls him, he then calls and changes his name Peter, which means pebble. And he says, upon this pebble, this Peter, I will build my rock, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. He'll build his kingdom, his church. He, people say church, that's a terrible word to be using. Church means, it comes from the English word kirch, which means the building. But the, the word in Greek is the ecclesiastic, which is the um, ecclesia, or whatever you call it. it. It is the word meaning the called out assembly, an assembly called out to God. It's not nothing to do with the building because the church buildings, and this is very interesting that the Lord went there because King Herod had built these temples at that time for the 
you know, he built them, they're pagan temples. He built it uh, like in the Greek architecture with the angled roof and so on. Totally opposite of what God wants us to do as far as building a building. That's very interesting to me that he gives that parable of the of the rains came, you know, and it, and it washed away the houses, but the one that was built upon the rock stood still. See, if we build a house upon the roof, the roof would be flat. It would have a railing around it, which is what is told to us in in uh, in the book of Leviticus, and in uh, excuse me, in the, in the Deuteronomy, in the laws of God that Moses recorded. It is not to have the angled roof, and it makes no sense to the world, to those of the world. Oh, we got to have this. But the Lord says if it's built upon his words, even though it's flat with the railing around it so that nobody falls off, because if they fall off, the blood is on us. And what happens is God is saying that my word will protect it, my word will withstand it, and the rain will roll off of it. But in the world, if they don't have faith, the flat roof will leak. It won't withstand it. But with the Lord's word, it will. That's what he's talking about in that parable of the house and the storm and the water that came and washed it away. It'll stand if it's built in the way of the words of God. And if the people in that house keep the words and are humble before him. See, these are things that, that we don't understand. And we look at our churches today and they look more like this Greco-Roman style that King Herod built, the Edomite, the usurper king of Israel, built for for Caesar to honor him. And they used that, and it, you know, they became, they honored it, they built the things there that honor Rome and so on. Nobody knows when it was torn down, but at some point it was torn down, but they were celebrating Rome. And you can understand the Moors didn't like that. So some point over the time, that was all torn down. But in the beginning, there with Herod, in the time of the Lord, those things were standing. And they were saying, and the Lord is showing us that in that area, in that area, he made known that he was Christ, just like he's going to do it this time. And it's going to be in the wintertime that he makes it known to the people. But you better come out before he makes himself known. Better come out before that compelling event, which is what it's telling us in Luke 14, 15 to 24, that when he has to compel the people to be too late for the shepherds. They better come out before the winter because in the winter time he made known his name, who he was. The father caused it to be made known there in, um, you know, because when he said this to Peter and them six days later, they went up onto the mountain, which had to be Mount Hermon, not the one that they're pointing to. They don't want you to see this because Mount Hermon is symbolic of the North Mountain. And the North Mountain is the mountain of the firmament. The firmament is called the North. And it's in the shape of a pyramid. And the top of it is the capstone of the Lord where he stands in judgment. And that's what he was doing. He was saying he came down and it was Moses and Elijah. And I've told you about how the Lord appeared on a podium in San Antonio to me in a church in the evening service. And it was there with Elijah and Moses and the Lord. And the same kind of thing as the transfiguration, except that they wore wonderful beige Shepherd robes. I had never seen anything like them. One-piece robes. Gorgeous material. And they were standing there talking. Uh, it was evening healing service. 
but these people weren't getting healed. And the Lord anointed me back at 1.31 a.m. in 1985 on June 8th in the morning with the sword. And it went through my body from the top of my head and down and out my toes. See, when I was 12 years old, the Lord had given a prophetic word that he's given me something for the end times. I didn't know what it was. Then I was, and then he did that anointing in 1985. I didn't change my ways. I didn't understand. I regret all of these things that I've done. I regret that wasted time. I regret the way I, way I did it, seeking after the world. But I thought I was doing the right thing, and I raised up to be in some very high positions. And God gave me science knowledge that I did not know, but I understood things, still do today, because the Lord has given me that. And in 2003, he began to open to me these words of God, just like he did. When he did for, that's what he did when he anointed me with that sword. 17 years later, he starts opening the words to me, putting me in a position to open the words. And so then when, I, when he had me totally captivated where I couldn't do anything else except listen to him, I decided to use my time to seek out the power of the Lord. I didn't know it was his words at the time I started that. I always thought it was frequency and energy. I didn't understand the way of the words. And then he started introducing the scriptures and revealing them to me and showed me the words. And then he started unlocking scripture after scripture. And the hardest thing to do is to get over our doctrines. See, we all believe and everything in the Bible says it's true, except what doesn't agree with our doctrines. And so we have doctrines that we don't even realize we are, they've been trained to us. It's like the round earth. You know, there's a round earth, but it's flat. I saw it from the firmament. And still at the time when the Lord first showed it to me, I couldn't discern that it, because I, I recognized that it wasn't a globe, but it just didn't dawn on me. It didn't make any sense because it was round. And I was looking at all the continents. And I, you know, I was trying to figure out what, where, where is where I live. When I was going through my head at the time, you know, I was trying to see the, the nations. Is it there? I was trying to understand it. Was it shaped the same? With, you know, I saw seas. I saw uh, land. And I saw clouds. I saw fire all the way around the edge. The ice wasn't around the edge yet when I saw it. But see, we, we, we're accustomed to thinking, oh, because see, the world has done this to us. The devil doesn't want us to know that we can always look up and know that we're looking up to the throne of God. We're never rotated around. It doesn't even make sense. I mean, there are many people do things that have no common sense at all. And they're happy with it. Even though it's not, not true. It's impossible. Well, the earth is impossible to rotate at the speed they're saying. And for the sun to be as far away as they're saying. Now, all these things, it's all wrong. One of the things that the flat earth people have that's wrong is they, they believe that the dome is the, uh, that overtopped the earth, the ionosphere and stuff, is the firmament. That is not the firmament. That is not what the scriptures say. And Paul even is on record in, in writings that he said that it's like a, a wall out there, a flat wall. Well, a dome is not flat. And there's not four sides to it. So anyway, these are the things... We have to understand that God is trying to give clarity to it, but it's hard to get over these doctrines so that we can understand clarity. Now, the Lord made this in that area, Caesarea Philippi. If you go look at that area, ancient Caesarea Philippi, you see two major things, the problem of us. That's why the Lord is revealing it there. The North Country, he says he's going to drive the Northern Army, which is the world army, far away from us. 
and the northeast is if you if you look at where the where um, they showed the picture of the bottom of the ocean floor in the Pacific Ocean, and you see the face of the Lord, and the face is looking straight northeast. And when you look at it, it comes to the dragon. And what's there with the dragon? United Kingdom. Mouth of the dragon. And when you look at all this, what you're seeing is that this is the, like the Northeast. Why? They're trying to replace God. And they're from the world. The, the North is called the, you know, they're trying to overcome the laws of God that have been put into the firmament that decide we go up and down by our words that we speak. Everything is recorded in the heavens. Everything is ruled over us in the heavens, and we don't want to believe it. The words of God judge us, Hebrews 4.12. They discern even our thoughts all the way down to the marrow of our bones. Why does he say that? Our memory. See, <clears throat> we must overcome these things. And you talk about the gates of hell. Yes, the gates of hell is even the buildings, the design of the buildings are against the law of God because we have no faith that God can make a building that makes no sense to us but makes total sense but what he wants us to do because what it's symbolic of is at the top of the firmament is the capstone and in the capstone area is the judgment throne and the four living creatures above the firmament is what it's the throne of god so right in there in that part underneath the firmament right underneath the top is the capstone area of the heaven where the Lord is judging from there. The father is sitting there in judgment now on that judgment throne. He says it's set up special in Revelation 4 and Daniel uh, 7, 9, 10. Daniel 7 verses 9 and 10. And he's judging against this beast kingdom that's here now. So the Lord was showing us this timing. He was making this known and the father was symbolically showing how it's going to be in this time of the glory. Because he showed, and, and when the disciples made, oh, let us make a temple. See, they're in this area. Well, what did Herod do there? Herod made a temple to the gods and dedicated it to Caesar. The place is called Banyas and Panyas at this time. It's called the gates of hell. Why is that? Because those are the idols. Those are worshiping those ways. And they took what God had made because out of that mountain, out of that place flows the forming of what becomes the, the, the River Jordan, which the River Jordan is called the River of Judgment. Why is it called that? Because we've got to separate ourselves from the people of the north. And we've got to turn all the way to the east, which is where God is coming from. He's coming from the way of the east. We have to turn to that way. See, God controls the heavens and the heavens we're going to, many are going to shine like the firmament forever because the firmament is going to be cleansed of the dark waters. They're going to be cast out below the earth into the abyss, into the deep darkness. And only the light will shine because God's presence will come down with his city in the future. Well, what we're saying right now is that we are building our houses, our ways are after the Roman system, which worshiped these fake gods. And the River Jordan is going to cleanse all that out. The God is going to cause a river to come out of Zion. And he showed us, he took them up on that mountain, a high mountain. What he's trying to do, and I believe that's Mount Hermon. It doesn't say there because what he's talking about, it's symbolic of the firmament. And that's where he's going to rule from for seven years. See, people did not understand that there's a gap time. A gap time between the fifth beast kingdom that's reigning now and the sixth and seventh that are going to reign together seven years from now. 
seven years and um, basically the rest of this season and the winter season. Then the, the seven years begins. See, the end of it comes with the flood, which is this decision of the words. And the Lord is telling us at that time, giving us an example through this time of the transfiguration, through this time of his visit to Caesarea Philippi, he's saying that he's going to overcome this because he's going to make known the name of his word and those gods are going to fall. That whole area is going to be corrected, but all over the world this is going to fall. All these ways are going to be done. These houses, these churches with steeples, these churches with these angular roofs like a Roman church style. The Vatican with its approach. Look at the Vatican. It's not of God. Those designs, obelisk and the rest of it, Supreme Court building with its obelisk and the rest of it, going to be destroyed. It cannot stand. We will not allow it to stand because it's a cursing. And a curse has got to be removed. God is going to cause those things to be dissolved. And I tell you, the shepherds should really understand quickly because what he's saying is that if they come against his word anymore, they don't come out now quickly. When it comes to wintertime, the words are going to disappear from them and they're going to be made ashamed because God says he's going to blind the right eye and wither the right arm because they would not hear the words and they would not keep his way. Many are going to die, but some are going to be made to be ashamed because God's going to kill a lot of these leaders that are destroying his people. He will not allow them to stand. And some of them are going to go to these terrible plagues. And I told you he's going to separate the seas, it seems, from the scriptures. Because he says that their backs will be to the Western Sea and their face will be to the Eastern Sea. And he's shown visions of the sea rolled back. And out there, is, he put the, took the light out of the people and put it in these iron cages and locked it and threw it into that bottom sea that was rolled back. He's telling them, that's where you're going to be. The light's been taken out of you and you're going to be taken and put out there if you don't turn and repent. They will not repent because they want to believe the doctrines that they want to believe, and they won't believe what the Scripture says in truth. They don't want to believe the fullness of the Scriptures. All right, I've spoken enough on this. I believe you get the, the grasp of it. And understand it was after six days. Jesus did this on the seventh day. The seventh day is making, he's symbolically telling us this is going to be make the knowledge of all these days, all these 6,000 years coming to completion. That's that's what's happening at this time, after the end of the six days, right at the beginning of the time of the kingdom. This will happen, and that's where we're at now. And the Lord showed him this, and the disciples' reaction was, oh, let us build a temple, because why? This is what Herod did. He built temples for those other people, and he's saying, oh, let's build a temple up here on this mountaintop, you know, because Herod did it for the for the gods of Caesar. Let's build one from Moses, Elijah, and you, Lord. And God spoke, he came over him with a cloud. The cloud represents the words of truth. It says his truth reaches under the clouds. His truth is the word of God, John 17, 17. John, uh, Psalms 119, 116, 142, it's law. And he says, hey, the Lord is speaking to them. I'm not quoting his words right now, but the father is saying out of that cloud. And they shut up after that. He says, hear him. This is my son, my beloved son, who I'm well pleased. He was verifying what he had told Peter in the spirit uh, seven days earlier. So it's very important to understand the depth of the meaning of all this. And the gates of hell cannot come against these words. In other words, the gates is the place where you're teaching the people. 
And what he's saying is all these teachings that the shepherds have blocked the words, they've called them an abomination from the pits of hell, they will be stopped. They will be silenced. They will be destroyed if they continue that teaching. Because you're teaching against the Holy Spirit because Jesus said the full measure of the Spirit of God, or John wrote it in John 3.34, the full measure of the Spirit of God is present in the words of God that God sends out, causes to be made known. And just as he used Simon to make it known then, he's used me to make it known now. And all I'm telling you is that the messenger of the covenant, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, is about to appear for the separation judgment, and he's going to rule over the earth for seven years from heaven. Before, and he's taken away the dominion, away from this fifth beast kingdom that everybody's chased after and wanted to be a part of. And he's going to take it away from them, and just like he says in Daniel 7, 11 to 12. And then he's going to make the, king, the Lord the king over the earth. But he's going to rule from the, the judgment throne with a rod of iron during this time. And he's going to take away the words, the right to call upon the words, the right to do any work as well, away from the wicked and the complacent and the lukewarm. You better understand, I'm pleading with you, please And Lord, please allow the Spirit to fall on these people and verify what I've said from the Scriptures, Lord, and let these people know that it is no longer acceptable to say, I believe in the full measure of the Scriptures and they don't believe your words. Because that's doctrine and blindness that's keeping them from it and they're being blinded by false teachings. You wouldn't have had to open your words on the last days as you said in Zechariah 14.7 that is verified by Psalms 119.130 and Hosea 6.5 and Hosea 4.6 and on and on and on. You wouldn't have had to do that. It was the, the, the Revelation 6.12, you sent the bow, which is the right to call the words and a crown if we will do it. And a crown is whatever words we use in our bow, whether it's Satan's or ours, or yours, Lord. You know, Satan's and our words are the same. But if our words are your words, then we're speaking in the pure language of the kingdom of heaven that they do not know. I remember that Bob Jones had this wonderful prophecy, and he was speaking it. I think it was year 2010 going into 2011. And he was saying there very clearly that he, the Lord was telling him that the, to get the words of wisdom that they do not know, that words are being opened, and they would not hear this message. I've tried to make it known. They would not hear. But you were telling them, Lord, get the words of wisdom they do not know. They just think they know. They will not hear. They will not seek. They will not listen. And it's like you said in Proverbs 1, 20 to 22, you're saying the, the wisdom is calling out her words. And saying, how long, you naive ones, are you going to continue to walk in naivety? Turn to him, and he will pour out his spirit upon you and cause you to know his words. But if you do not, you will, you will be destroyed by your lack of knowledge, which is what it says from Proverbs one twenty four to one thirty three, And that's what it says in Hosea 4.6, that we rejected his priests before you and they reject their children. What a terrible thing. Lord, we pray that this will be a helpful message to people, that they might understand the greatness of this. Lord, and let them understand, dear Lord, that what you said, dear Lord, was that no matter what we eat, the words we eat, you know, those words come into us, whatever anybody says against us, whatever anybody does against us, it goes in the stomach and it's dissolved. It cannot harm us. Their words cannot harm us if we believe in your words. And it says what comes from our heart is the words we're going to be judged by. Our hearts should be circumcised and get rid of the darkness and put only the light 
and we're to go out and do the harvest work of the kingdom because this is the time of the harvest because the winter is almost upon us. We thank you, Lord. We praise your holy name. We ask you, Lord, to help your people. Lord, there's just no understanding. And Lord, I don't know how to make it known. But Lord, your scriptures are clear. Your prophetic words are clear. But Lord, they do not understand your speech because they cannot discern your words. And Lord, it's so tragic that so many are going to say, Lord, Lord, didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we heal many in your name? Didn't we cast out demons in your name? And you're going to say, depart from me. Your work is of lawlessness because they did not understand that your words, that are truth, John 17, 17, that we have to be set apart by, are also law, Psalms 119, 142. And that's why they're lawless. We ask all this in thy precious and thy holy name, that your kingdom come and let your spirit call upon the people, Lord. We ask this in thy precious name. Amen. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.